0: The following program is sponsored by Linda's Construction. This is the WCCO Home Improvement Show, brought to you by Linda's Construction. One call, one contractor. Lindus Construction provides Minnesota and Wisconsin with the best products and workmanship. They provide leaf guard gutters, asphalt roofing, metal roofing, season guard replacement windows, exterior siding, remodeling, new construction, and more. If you've got questions, they've got answers this hour. Here's Denny Law and Andy Lindus. Just to be clear, <laughs> let's be clear, shall we? Andy, number one, Andy Lindis has taken the weekend off. And Barry Strands is filling in quite well for Andy. And this is the Home Improvement Show. This is the Home Improvement Show. Next hour will be the Real Estate Show. Yeah, we were setting our clocks ahead. <laughs> well, I think,
1: I think I walked in and started talking about, you know, things, and you were talking about the shift in we ownership, and we got excited about all these yeah. good things happening. and
0: Minnesota Twins baseball coming Coming back, back to Are CCO. It's fabulous. I said it earlier this morning. I have never seen my colleagues, the whole group, at a big meeting yesterday, more positive and more excited and
1: more energy Ever in all my years. I mean, it's thrilling to me. It really it's is. thrilling to me. I'm you know, so else, excited. It's thrilling
0: for the twins too, which makes it
1: neat. Yep, yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Well, whenever I tell people I fill in on WCCO yeah. when Andy or the family is on vacation, which yeah. is what they do at Thanksgiving, the That's whole family true. goes That's true. south. And they need someone to fill in and, co- and host for them. And I love to be able to do that on their behalf. And it's a pleasure to come in here. And we were talking before we went on yeah. air that you should be the answer man, Denny, because you know so much stuff. And then I'll just correct you. We'll have callers call in and see what Denny would say, yeah. because that would be a fun holiday kind of experience for our listeners.
0: And the thing is, you would be on, Barry, much more than I would be just <laughs> correcting me. It would be so great let's, fun. Let's, keep it, let's leave it with the expert here. And and Barry does know his stuff. As you If you were a familiar... Familiar with the Barry Strands. Now, Barry, for those that may be uh, joining the show for the first time, tell us what you do besides coming in here once in a
1: while. Well, I have had a very storied career. You know, I got into construction when I was 15. $1.75 an hour was heavy bait for me to leave my paper out. But currently, I am a site supervisor for a company called Kyle Hunt and Partners uh, out of Wood, Minnetonka, and I get to manage projects and people and schedules to do a lot of high-end remodeling and uh, construction work, and it's a wonderful opportunity. But in addition to that, then, I'm coming up on uh, January, which is the beginning of my teaching season. So I teach for a company called Professional Education Resources, and I teach building codes and energy code information that's pertinent to contractors, realtors, appraisers, those kinds of things. So that's kind of a side job. I do that you know, maybe 10 or 15 times in the first three months of the year, and then I'm back full-time on my regular job managing sites and people.
0: Now, when you're teaching, Barry, is that specifically code issues, is that constantly
1: changing or is that pretty stable? Well, that's a great question, Denny. I think a lot of people presume that the code is always changing because it does change every three to five years. And remember, we have a building code with an energy code. And we have now got the state uh, working those things concurrently. So they come in and update concurrently. The next anticipated code change will be 2020. So we're still working off the 2015 code. But the It was based on the, it's called the International Residential Code 2012, and we're going to skip the 2015 version of that, and when the 2018 is now being researched, Mm. we expect to uh, adopt versions, uh, edited versions. Minnesota always edits the National Code document to be a little bit more focused or pertinent to to what's taking place in Minnesota's for our climatic and soil conditions primarily. Okay, localized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. the National Codes do a pretty good job of that, but Minnesota always has a couple things that they're working through. I mean, the biggest issue last code go around with sprinkler systems, and Minnesota had to decide whether they were going to adopt those or not. And ultimately, the state got involved and said, no, we're not going to do sprinklers as a mandate. All right. Very good. Sorry? Oh, oh. yes. Oh, yes, yes.
0: I, I was getting a, a a cue in my ear about something else.
1: It's distracting when you have two things happening at the same time. It's, it's I'm telling like, you, the older I get, the less I can handle it. I've got lots of children. And obviously, when they start talking at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute. You, you, you now you, now you. You guys have to be quiet while this one
0: talks. You haven't mentioned this, Barry. By the way, Barry Strands is with us. How many kids do you have? I
1: have 11 children. <laughs> and I and we have just recently had the announcement of our sixth grandchild and when holiday season comes, it's hail hail. The gang's all here. Oh, so that's it's a riotous and wonderful time.
0: Now, did you ever do the thing that parents do uh, when you're, you you want to not discipline kids necessarily, but you're saying, "Hey, don't do," and you go through the list oh, of names? Oh, Danny, you don't. You even gotta go through the list of with, names.
1: I ended up categorizing them into the littles, the middles, and the bigs, so <laughs> that I I would call groups and then point because I'm going. I've got like five daughters with a first a. Last names. I have eight daughters, and so I have an Amy and an Abigail and an Alyssa. Oh my you know, goodness. so all of these A names come up, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, who do I want?" Uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's 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 bad. <laughs> That's a whole nother show. Yeah. Well, yeah. I figured I could do a, a classes on how not to parent. So if you want some bad parenting bad advice, practice. I could give. Yeah, I'd say, don't do this. I did this. It didn't work. A lot of practice. Yeah. We have have someone calling or texting, don't we? We should get on topic here. Yes,
0: I want to get to that. Uh, And I had a question, and I can't remember what it was going to be. But if you do have, you know what? I haven't given the phone number yet. Oh, do that. 651-989-9226. If you have any kind of, you want to talk to this guy, if you have any kind of a home improvement question, Barry's the man you want to chat with. 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. 81807. You know what? I, I always like to do when Barry pays us a visit is to talk about some of your experiences, real life experiences. And I bet you could probably write a book
1: or two. Oh man. Oh man. Sometimes things happen. I, in fact, more recently, just a few months ago, I learned that if you have a very expensive Miele kitchen range, you cannot move it by grabbing the handle in any way, shape, or form. I mean, a handle for... The to, handle to, to, that opens to, the oven door. Oh, that handle. On range, yes. Uh, and we were trying, my, my son and I were trying to twist it so that we could roll it. It has this, a built-in set of rollers. Okay. And we were trying to twist it to roll it out of the way so that we could get to work behind it. And put, I thought, very little pressure on the handle. But that handle is actually attached through the glass door. Oh, no. We snapped the glass door outer glass pane and I, I've learned that the repair on that is about a thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, I was like, oh no, wow. oh yeah. And your heart just sinks, you know, because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I've just done. I don't know how I even did it. Now you just and you feel like, you know, where's the? the there are some airline. Uh, ads that say, want to get away? <laughs> and I find myself <laughs> sometimes walking into that picture. And that's, I'm a reasonably intelligent adult. I've done stuff before. I know how to not make some mistakes. But that would
0: have been an obvious choice to grab. Well, and, and the
1: manufacturer has a sign that is, it says, don't lift by handle, oh, okay. but it's underneath all of the shrink wrap, you know, 16 layers of shrink wrap. We couldn't see it. You know, so anyway, and our homeowner has. We finally got it repaired just a week and a half ago. Oh, you it did get it taken care. Of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I, my boss was saying something interesting. He said, uh, "He said, I'm t- I'm trying to tell our customers that in the course of a you know a ten month remodel job or a twelve a month build out, something is going to go wrong because we work with humans, and we work with real building materials. We are really trying to work with stones and wood things that have." Uh, performance values that aren't perfection, you know, so some things don't move around and shift, but foundations always settle. That's just a normative. We know that's going to happen. So when things move, what does that, what does it mean? It means we couldn't control that no matter what we did. And we're now going to have to react. And he said something very interesting at our company meeting this week. He said, what I want people to realize is uh, we are going to fall down in the course of this project, but we want you to watch how we get up. Mm. Good line. I think it's really important yeah. to recognize that any company, whether it's Lindis or whether it's our partners or whether my company Right Angles or whatever it might be, every company is going to make mistakes and no one wants that. No. But it does happen. And the question then is how do we recover? What do we do about it when we make a mistake? And I think when you look at people listening today thinking about who they might want to hire as a contractor, the big question is do they respond Before I agreed to come on and do the show for – well, at that time, Kevin was kind of managing the process, not Andy. But he and I sat down just, in fact, right around the corner here because he had invited me up to the studio and let me watch what he Mm -hmm. was doing up here. And and we went and had breakfast and I said, you know, Kevin, there's no way I could endorse Linda's construction unless I knew what your commitment was to quality. And he said, Barry, we, we make mistakes like every company, but we guarantee we'll fix them. And I walk with him to a couple of projects now where, you know, the homeowner's expectations were just really wrong. And I think maybe setting expectations is a critical part of what contractors need to do a better job of in the maybe, industry. Yeah. But to watch what he did to accommodate that customer, take care of them, phenomenal. And I just thought, you know what, I can endorse a guy who will, who will stay by the stuff and make it right to the extent that he's able to. And I, I was in a house that Kyle Hunt built, and it was, I don't know, a 14-year-old home, and a new buyer – was looking at the home, and the front entry wasn't very warm. And they were thinking, you know, we had some frost on our front door. We don't know what's going on. Kyle came out. We did an investigation. And back in the day, we used fiberglass insulation in a crawl space down below the entryway. And when we started looking at that, spray foam just didn't exist as a category. But we got into the crawl space and looked around. Well, the fiberglass had fallen out. And Kyle, on his own nickel, fixed it on a 14-year-old home. He had absolutely no obligation to do that. And I thought, it is a pleasure to work with honorable men. Yes. And it's rare in the construction business, I found... And I'm just delighted about being able to have those chances to do that. So, you know, good things happen, bad things happen. What do we do when a bad thing takes place? And I think that's the key. Cre- the issue of credibility for me is what do we do when a bad thing happens?
0: In fact, as we head to this break, very uh, someone sent a text that it said, it's easy to be a reputable company with everything when everything goes perfectly. You find out if someone is reputable when something goes wrong. What a great I've comment. maintained this for the 25 years I've owned my own business. So, yeah. Good point. All right we got to take a break. A break already? We're talking uh, home improvement, any kind of a question you want Anything to throw Anything you in want Mary. to talk
1: about, building code, fix-up stuff, touch-up for holidays. We'll we'll talk a little bit about get ready for Thanksgiving, too.
0: Well, that's a good idea, too. All right. So bring on your call, 651-989-9226, or send a text. 81807.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Home Improvement Show, brought to us every week in this hour by our friends at Linda's Construction, Lindus Construction, L I N D U S, 1 800 leaf Card. If you want to get in touch with those good folks, Andy's taking the day off today, but our friend Barry Strands is back filling in for Andy. And as you know, if you're a regular listener, you know that Barry knows his stuff. So take advantage, either by phone or by text, of his expertise. And we are seeing Barry people doing that very thing. Uh, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We'll get uh, back to the text screen in a moment. However, Chris in uh, Minneapolis has been waiting. Chris, thank you. What's your question, please?
2: Okay, I've got a client, and they want to have two sliding like solid core doors that close off a room, and the architect wants the rail system in the floor, but it can only be like a half an inch deep, and I'm trying to talk them into a rail system above, similar to a barn door thing, and I'm just curious. Number one, I can't find any kind of hardware like that for a floor-mount system. Right. Right. And what's your thought?
1: I don't have a picture in my mind of a floor mount system that works either. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at everything, just going through the file in my brain. You know, jobs that we have done with what you're describing, and a top mount system is the only thing I'm familiar with. And yeah. and I to me, you're going to go to a high end door vendor to see if they've got a hardware system that would work on the floor. But I don't. How do you stabilize the door at the top? You've got to do something. So
2: oh well, the architects got a drawing where I you know route out and put a spline on the top of the door and it runs, and I just said, I told him, I said, look, his way will cost you about twice what this will, right. and it'll all work and accomplish the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes architects get involved in uh, design detail that, that for them it's a precise kind of thing they've got to have, and they they kind of sell out on the design, and the practical function and the installation are less important. I was looking at plans yesterday, and I'm on the phone with a guy working on a project for us, and I said, you know, we can't build what you've drawn here of course you can i said go back and review it there's no way a tray vault is going to work on how you've detailed this you need a flat perimeter wall to work and he's like oh and suddenly there was a silence on the end of the phone as he began to review his drawing go yeah you're right that's not that's not going to work uh-huh. you know so i love architects but it's sometimes having uh, actual build experience is really a good thing so i wish you well on this one i haven't got a better answer i think you're on the right track
0: all right good luck chris uh, let's see who has been waiting. Uh, Nancy is uh, calling from uh, Bloomington. Thanks, Nancy. What's your question?
2: My question is, um, I have cedar siding, yeah. and I would like to replace it economically. I don't like vinyl, and in Alaska, they use a lot of T11. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I have T11 on the back. Isn't that okay to just put in? Or what do you think about T11 siding?
1: Well, I think it's an economical solution. I personally am not that fond of the the look of it relative to needing to have a, a J channel at every seam. So it's not on the front presentation of the home. Home value, your the, the price point of the home in my mind would dictate what my curb appeal would be. And if you've got T11 on the back or on the back and sides, I if you'd like a horizontal look, again, I'd probably go to a smart side. LP smart side is a good looking issue. It's not, it's like fiber cement, which is a little less expensive than fiber cement. And I think it's very, very durable. In my mind, that's a great option. Um, uh, you know, it's really an aesthetic choice as well as a price point issue. And if it's, if it were me, to me, a house under 200 in this market, then a T11 would be fine. And paint it up and be good. But if you're going to look for something at 4 or 450 I would I would want to set something a little higher bar than that just for the potential for selling down the road. Because I don't want to do it twice. I want to do it once. Even if it costs me a little bit more up front, I think it still makes sense to to keep that in as a consideration.
0: I love that LP Smart Side.
1: I do too. Yeah, and I don't know so. if they advertise on this radio or not. I don't care. <laughs> I like no, their material. That's good.
0: And it's good for you guys to work with too. I hear.
1: Oh, yeah. It's easy yeah. to install. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, Barry, hang on. We have another half hour of the show to go. We've got callers. We have texters. We'll help out when we uh, come back. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We are around here at 830 every Saturday in the uh, 9 o'clock hour, thanks to our friends at Lindis Construction. Andy's off today. Our friend Barry Strands is uh, filling in for Andy. We'll be back, I believe, next week right after Thanksgiving, unless you're going to be back.
1: I'm going to be back. Outstanding. They're still down in someplace wonderful and warm. And we're here, though. And we're here. And that's yes. okay. And you know what? You're here. I'm here. It's, a, it's such a wonderful time of the year to be with Denny Long. Life is good. We're friends on Facebook, folks. We well, are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: 32 is our Twin City temperature reading. Uh, I'll tell you what. There's a line open, 651-989-9226. But Stephanie in St. Paul has been waiting forever. Stephanie, what is your question, please?
2: Yeah, um, I'm wondering why fire and carbon monoxide detectors are not located at eye level, easy access, like a furnace and A.C. control on the wall rather than on the ceiling, especially with the high ceilings today. Realistically, I am so tempted to disarm my ceiling mounts and put on a dresser so I don't have to be on the ladder. Yeah. um, You know, the 10-year ones, they They're very expensive, and they don't eliminate the latter factor. Yes. I'm wondering future codes, especially for older people, how can it be changed to a a wall mount at eye level?
1: That's not going to happen for smoke detectors because of the warmth of smoke rising to the ceiling. The first point of the smoke hitting the detector will be at the ceiling level. So we're required to have them within six inches of the ceiling now as a result of the safety protection factor. And I was in a house yesterday on a stairwell where literally the smoke detector is about 17 feet off of the stair landing and inaccessible by anything but a 20-foot ladder. And the homeowner is like, I didn't even know I had one there. Now, it was hardwired, but we're required to put a battery backup in in case the power goes out. So someone had disabled the battery, so it was still a hardware smoke detector, but there's no way you're going to make a change in those batteries. So the practicality, the considerations you're raising up relative to the code, sometimes the code doesn't even think through how this is actually going to function in real life. And it is something that in code hearings, it comes up every time, but so far we've been unable to make any progress. Mm. What's the code? Thanks,
0: Stephanie. Yeah, thanks. What, what to, is maybe just new construction? I'm not sure. As far as CO detectors.
1: Well, Minnesota came in, and I want to say it was 2008 that the rule first came in, where all houses had to have them. And they phased in from new construction, then to apartments and multifamily, and then into renovations. So then by state mandate, if a building official comes into a home, they can require a CO alarm in the house and it's 10 feet from a sleeping room, and it can be mounted on the wall, plugged into the wall. That's fairly straightforward and easy. So the CO alarm is a different installation. The problem, of course, is that most folks want to double up. So they want to say, I'm going to use my smoke alarm as my CO alarm, and that's doable, but now we're back to the ceiling location as a result. So we have options to split them and do a smoke alarm separately from, from a CO, but we don't have to, and most people would prefer to have just one device.
0: We had on our health show, uh, from Hennepin County Medical Center a week or two ago. Uh, the doctor there, and he brought it with him. Uh, he's in charge of the hyperbaric chamber at HCMC. Uh, at, oh, at sure. Okay, And we're talking about CO and detectors. He has a, a portable one. Sure. And uh, you you guys know about that. So I, bought, I asked him where he got it, and I bought one off the Internet, just got it the other day. Yeah. That's kind of neat to have to be able to bring. Now, how accurate it is, I'm not quite sure. sure. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be... Uh, Fine.
1: Well, you know, the issue with CO is obviously we're concerned about backdrafting of combustion appliances. And if our ventilation system was set up correctly in the first place, most of the time there's very little opportunity for something to go wrong. And we're looking at a worst case scenario. But when houses got super tight in the 90s based on you know, code changes, then we began to risk backdrafting of our combustion appliances, whether that be a fireplace, which is what the whole Sartell thing was about years ago, and, uh, or a, the flue of a chimney. When you turn on heavy fans and exhaust, let's say, a 600 CFM range hood, now the house has gone into negative pressure. You're stucking stuff back in from the flues of other exhaust devices. So range hood turns on. And now the water heater flue is sucking gas back oh, into the house. Oh yes, that makes it makes sense. Yeah. So that's the kind of that's the reason the CO came in, in the first place to solve those problems. I
0: want to hear some more stories from you from your your book you're about to write. Yeah, <laughs> but,
1: right. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. You fund it,
0: and uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll get it published. Uh, there was a texter that came in real early, and I don't want to forget about that. Uh, here it is. Uh, we need to replace our front entry door with a sidelight and storm door, and I have two questions. One. Uh, any concerns replacing or installing the doors during the cold weather season, other than the cold air entering the house during the process, or should we wait until next spring? And two, we're looking at both steel and fiberglass doors. Any thoughts one versus the other?
1: Well, let's take those two questions one at a time. First of all, the only issue with installing in the wintertime is the exterior finishes where, where caulking needs to be, about 40 degrees for it to be installed effectively. And otherwise, we end up sometimes with a real quick freeze on the material, depending on what we choose to use. Now, there are caulks that are oil-based that can handle colder temperatures, but I still don't like installing caulking at in any temperatures down below 20 degrees. We do it. I don't mean we don't do it. I just don't like to. So that's, that's an issue that could come back to the spring if you're not going to be painting an exterior anyway. Then you can caulk in the spring, and I wouldn't worry about those. In you know, the snow season, it's not going to be a problem. Rain, obviously, different, but snow is not an issue. Regarding steel and fiberglass – Steel is still an impact dentable door. And while they can be fixed and bonded and spray finished, you know, I still don't like the impact challenges. If you've got small kids or a large dog, I would steer people away from steel and toward fiberglass. Mm. Now, fiberglass for years didn't look authentic. Right. But in the last seven to ten years, these finishes are so glorious that I was in one showroom looking at a fiberglass door. And they're toning the panel seams between sections so that it looks more like natural wood with a slight color differentiation. And you're like, that's got to be real wood because the patina of the finish is making my eye believe that they've got slightly different wood grains in these different sections. And I, and then I go up and touch it and no, this is fiberglass. Unbelievable. Wow. And for my world with lots of kids and now a dog, um, I want a fiberglass door. I've got a fiberglass door because it can handle the bumps and bruises of normal life without denting. And while you'll have a finish that might rub, that's easy to fix. You don't have to replace uh, or f- bondo or seal the door. It's, it's lovely that way. So, What
0: about cold transfer and fiberglass?
1: Fiberglass oh. doors have a solid polyurethane center core. And so typically a, a fiberglass door has an value of six, and a solid wood door would have an RV between two to three. Okay. So fiberglass doors are even more energy efficient. So, I, yeah, there's lots of good things to like about yeah. them now that they no, no longer look Plastic. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's see who's been waiting. Uh, Mike in Minneapolis. Uh, Mike, thanks for waiting. What's your question?
2: So I have a question. So I've got um, my mom and I. We live in a trailer, and the smoke alarms always go off when we use the oven, and I don't know why that is. And they're hardwired into the ceiling, and it's it's really kind of frustrating because we have to constantly shut them off and they're hardwired in and I think by law they have to be is that right
1: Yeah that would be the code requirement for the unit that was built the battlefield is sometimes when we have an oven that's got any residual grease from pizza spills and that kind of thing we're going to get a smoke generated from that that we might not even see And so the smoke alarms are reacting not to heat, but they're reacting to something that's being combusted when the oven is on. I get calls like this frequently, and it's like, you know what? There's just uh, a good oven cleaning process is probably the smartest thing a person can do to eliminate that. But when you cook a lot of things that might have spillover in an oven, the problem continues to come back. So it's just a, for me, it's a maintenance issue to try to resolve. And, And I don't have a good solution other than that. I wish I did, but that's the nature of... Of those units designed to, to, to identify smoke and smoke particulates in the air and we're going to get that when we cook.
0: Well this talk uh, Barry about uh, smoke detectors and CO detectors and here we are coming up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Is there anything we should be thinking about as far as you know we're gathering with family and friends and home improvement?
1: Oh, well, I, I, I tell I, you, know, I don't know how many do it yourselfers are listening on a Saturday morning. I see people tinkering in their basements or sure. working on projects. And, and I am the classic guy who loves deadlines. At the same time, I will push it to the last available <laughs> minute. So, you know, we have a six o'clock gathering set up for Christmas Eve. And at four o'clock on the afternoon, I decide to replace a toilet. You know, that's not the time. And my wife's like, what are you doing? Well, this one is dirty and ugly, and I don't want our guests coming over. Do you have everything you need? Because, you know, the Home Depot run right now is really a badly timed identification. So sometimes I try to remind myself now at at 61 that sometimes I have self-imposed deadlines. I should just let go of them. You know, but I'm thinking Thanksgiving week, you know, people coming over. What do we need to do? Well, for us, it's always the declutter process. Sure, but I've got some spots where we've had some dings in the walls, and so I'm going to get out and and grab some uh, touch-up joint compound and hit those spots and do a light sand and paint them so that it doesn't look like we've lived here as much as we do. And <laughs> but I but there's some glorious things out there. I, I was just in a project where uh, stain sticks. They're like uh, like I don't know, cartridges that look like a a fat Sharpie marker, only they've got stain inside. And they're 8 or $9 at a hardware store, and you can get the color match to stuff. But if you dinged a piece of wood, you dragged a chair alongside, and you don't want to have your guests or you know, Aunt Emma coming over and saying, you people need to take better care of your property, you know, whatever that may be. I, I, get, I don't have an Aunt Emma, but I'm thinking you know, those are things that are real straightforward and simple to do. The annoying hardwood floor squeak, for example. Oh, yes. What do you do with that? Well, I've had people who decide they're going to reattach their hardwood floor using nails. And so they'll simply smash a finish nail down through this. I walked into one house and, (laughs) and Danny, every 16 inches and every piece of hardwood had a finish nail. And this person did not understand the idea of a nail set. A nail set pushes the face of the nail down below the surface of the board. Then you put some filler over that and match it. You wouldn't notice. Well, they just kept hitting it with a hammerhead. So now there are dents in the hardwood floor that are like in rows on every board. And you walk in and you're thinking, what could a person have been thinking? I don't understand it because now you have to say to solve that. You have to sand off the whole floor. And by the way, that doesn't work anyway with hardwood floors because that is not going to stop the movement at the joints or the seams. That's that's below, right? Yes. And the whole process with hardwood. I just tell people, use the talcum powder treatment, which is get your floor nice and clean, okay? Do a damp mop, let it dry completely, grab some talcum powder, and then sprinkle that on the floor. Then get a big base woofer and turn on some Sousa March (laughs) and let it vibrate, yes. And it works like a dry powder lubricant. It gets down between the edges of the boards. Now, it's not going to solve every bit of the squeak, but the amazing thing is it'll knock about 60, 65 percent of the volume of those squeaks off, and it's going to last for four to six weeks. Now, what is that, I know we have to break here, but what is that squeak coming from? It's coming from deflection from the body weight between the boards. Those are, as they open up over time from expansion contraction with moisture change inside the house, there are gaps in those surfaces, and they're not, at older houses especially, were put up on little skid boards, and so they're not resting directly on the subfloor. So there's a gap that's going to mean that the three-quarter hardwood floor is going to have a quarter inch of space it can move as you walk across it. You can't get away from that based on how that house was put together. Today we put them on, on plywood. We've solved that problem. And most, mostly they're much better now with our installation techniques.
0: All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Barry, hang on. We've a more show to come. If you want to ask your home improvement question by phone, 651-989-9226. We'll get back to the phones or send a text, one. 81-
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: Welcome back to this portion of our Home Improvement Show. Barry Strands filling in for Andy Lindis, who's taken some time off today. Barry, by the way, is going to be back next week, too. So if you did not get the chance to ask Barry your question today, then uh, you'll have uh, next uh, Saturday right after Thanksgiving.
1: Right after Thanksgiving. Where he's well-fed. Sure. I will be happy, Camper.
0: <laughs> Back to the phones we go and then we'll grab some text messages. Uh, Carol in Minnetonka has been waiting. Thank you Carol, what's your question please?
2: Yes, we had a, our kitchen redone and had a new stainless steel refrigerator put in about 15 years ago. I and we had a sealant put on it. Uh, the man said this is what we use in office buildings on an elevator Uh, so that fingerprints don't get on the stainless steel in the elevator. Well, I've noticed in using the water dispenser, the sealant is coming off. I don't know of anything to do about it. I tried to call the people who did it, but it was 15 years ago. Can't get a hold of them. Right. So any ideas? Uh,
1: I I know who I would call to get an answer to that question. Uh, You might want to just jot this down if you have a pen and a piece of paper handy. All right, and and uh, call AMA Services.
2: Okay, the the guy
1: there's brilliant. His name is Blake, and he'll probably—I'm not giving out his phone number because he'll hate me for this. Because he's in (laughs) a, but he's the—he's my go-to guy when I got stuff that I don't know how to answer on appliances. He's a certified installer, and if I can give him props, I would. He's just amazing. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you. I yeah. will do that. Yeah,
1: good luck to you. And then tell him thank tell him you. Barry told you, but don't tell him I told you over the air on CCO because he really would never speak to me again. All right, thanks. All right. Thanks, That's Carol. Thank All
0: right, Bye-bye.
1: Thanks so much. You know what? I just, I'm i thinking I'm talking to Carol. I'm not thinking I'm talking to you know a whole body of listeners. Yes. <laughs> it's a shame to me. You need to help and, and me they'll not be, do that, Denny. he will be calling. I know. And your, poor Blake. And your, you know,
0: your pal will be very He's going to hate me. Or he you know. may love you. Who knows? No, you know, he's really, really busy. All right, as a because outside vinyl for, uh, front window is peeling off, is there a way to fix it? So the, the vinyl is peeling off.
1: Well, okay. So let's put this in Denny's court. Denny will be All the right. answer man expert. Denny, what would you suggest if uh, outside vinyl is peeling off? I would uh, call Lindis. I <laughs> love
0: you. One 800 Leaf Guard, and because he's got have they, him take a he, look, right? Yeah, that's and they they have free estimates. Absolutely, come out gets get a decent window.
1: Sure. Right, because I'm not able to see most of our PVC and CPVC vinyls are all integral means it's the same material all the way through, so that we're getting some kind of a surface peel makes me wonder if somebody put latex paint on it over the time over at some point in the past. True, maybe mistaken, yes. but you, you'd need to see it and over the,
0: that almost sounds like it. That's what. Well, happened, yeah, I've never I've
1: never come across vinyl actually peeling off. No, so it makes me think there may have been a color coordinate. Somebody put a coat of paint surface on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know for sure, but that's what occurs to me. Sounds like it.
0: A text came in a bit ago, Barry. It said, our house was built in 1983 and our fan vents uh, in in our bathrooms are vented into the soffits. Should something different
1: be done about that? Well, it was a legal install at that time. Today, we're going to bring those fans up through the roof. Uh, It's Warm air doesn't want it to then make a cycle and turn and go down out the soffit. So it's coming from up above and then has to drop back down. So condensation in the pipe is the issue. We don't like that. So we end up having some issues with flow and some flow restriction. So it wouldn't be ideal. But the big question is if it's not broken in terms of how it's working, I would never fix that until I did a re-roof. If I was re-roofing my house, then taking that fan and bringing it up, I've got new roofing going on, I can put my roof jack in place, flash it correctly, that makes some sense. But I wouldn't do it just to try to solve A non-problem because I didn't like it there or it was dripping on my soffit. But there's enough vapor coming from the bathroom that we can sometimes see that fan housing with icicles dripping out of it when it's placed in a soffit location. Yeah. So when that's a a case, if that's ponding right there, it might be staining the soffit material around that fan termination point. And then then it would be caused cause to take a more, um, more, more rapid action to resolve it.
0: Uh, we've got less than a minute, Barry. Ooh, ooh, sorry, uh,
1: and I don't know if you can answer
0: this. Hi, I've been told that my house isn't high end enough to have a fancy bathroom. What is a good amount of money to spend on a bathroom remodel? Well, wow, that's hard for you to say because of the structure,
1: yeah, among other variables. A nineteen fifties five by ten bathroom remodel starts around twelve thousand dollars from a reputable contractor. Okay, uh, that's a gut and rebuild. But you know, on a high end bath, we spent three hundred thousand dollars on oh. the bathroom.
0: It won't be my house. No, nope, not say mine that? either. Okay. But it's right. cool looking. <laughs> I bet <it> is. <laughs> Tell you what we've got to go, Barry. You'll see you a week from today. I look right? forward to it, sir. Have a thank great Thanksgiving you with too. your great family. Yeah. yeah, Wonderful. Barry Strands, we'll be back next Saturday here on A three O owcc